This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to the Irish Time here on the Manawatu People's Radio in Palmerston North. It's a beautiful day outside, let's hope it lasts nice and sunny after the, uh, you know, dull and cloudy weather that we've been enduring, but nothing on the scale of the East Cape of New Zealand. Our Northland, you know, who are in serious trouble, we're all in serious trouble for this. We might be personally affected, but we actually, all our thoughts and prayers are with those people who just can't connect to, you know, with some family members, are homeless, and everything that they own is completely lost, destroyed. It would actually destroy you, I imagine, as a person, you know, everything you've you've worked for, little family mementos and stuff like that. There are things that are kind of really personal, meaningless to anyone else, but to you, they mean the world, and they're completely gone. I mean, it is heartbreaking, to say the least. So our thoughts for them at this really uh, sad time, and it's going to be a sad time for, for quite a while, I imagine, while, you know, this whole damn mess is sorted out to some degree. Okay, so uh, I better get on here. And uh, I'm going to start with uh, loyalty fees because I've got a problem with my computer. My wife decided it would, would change providers. And, uh, you know, I used to think it was you know, a simple street case of just going phone up one, phone up the other, but it's not. There's a whole lot of connections and bits and pieces, and we can't get through. I can get on the, the printer. Or rather, I can get onto the computer. It works, but it doesn't connect to the, the printer. The printer's going, but it goes beep, beep, beep. You know what I mean? It's obviously something not connecting, so we're going to have to get – someone's coming out to have a look at it today, but, God, it's frustrating. So I don't have any actual Irish news. But I got this stuff from uh, – where was it? Uh, this is from Radio Telefisher, and that's something, that's something I'm actually interested in. Loyalty fees that we all pay, the price of retailers' rewards. Are you budgeting your uh, pocket or app-laden phone can, can, can possibly attend? Loyalty programs, are, loyalty programs are everywhere, whether it's your regular, your regular supermarket, your butchers, your cafe. It seems that almost every retailer is offering some kind of sweetheart deal to win your business, but they may not be quite as rewarding as they may claim. Uh, we all have a deal, whether that's a, a discount or money back or the odd freebie. We also love being on the inside and not on the outside, missing out, which is why so many loyalty programs are called clubs. Oh, that's an interesting point. And loyalty cards offer us all uh, all of that, the promise of some special discounts, some money back, and maybe some offers that will you'll miss out on if you're not part of the club. It's like you go to the shops, you know, the supermarket, and uh, you, a different price if you don't have a loyalty card to uh, the price you pay when you actually have a card. I find that out to my cost. They also tap into our psyche to draw our interest. There's a phenomenon called the endowed progress effect, where people respond well. If they're given the steps, they have to follow with a prize at the end. And that's why so many loyalty card rewards are built around the idea of Mark X number of transactions to be entitled to Y. 
the top end yard love of what's essential, a, a kind of game. Mm, that's a good point. The offer from some cafes is slightly better, with many uh, uh, bringing their loyalty programs around a version of the 10. Buy 10 coffees and get one free. Yeah, that's pretty common. Uh, that's a fact of a 10% discount over the course of 10 or 11 coffees. But you're probably still looking at spending maybe 40 this is euros, or maybe 50 euros in order to get a 4 to $5 back. So this, this is a Republic of Ireland we're talking about here, Europe. If you're already going to be spending that uh, on takeaway coffee, then at least you're getting something back. True. But you uh, wouldn't want to be going out of your way to spend money there or choosing the more expensive coffee just because they're offering you that kind of deal. Yes, because uh, beyond offering points on your spending, some cards also offer money back uh, vouchers based on what you've spent. Or maybe coupons for particular products that you're uh, only only valid for a week. Or they might let you build up your vouchers, uh, vouchers to buy special offers, uh, pro- uh, you know, special offer projects, uh, products rather, at a discount. Or you might get entered into a competition with one entry for every tenner you spend or every transaction. Or they let you use your points to buy products from other programs uh, or knock some money off a utility bill. Another trend that has cropped up in the last year or so is the linking of sale prices to a loyalty card. So where in the past a retailer might have offered 20% discount on a certain product or a three-way deal, you now can avail yourself through a loyalty card uh, and pay less. Right, well, well the, but the original idea that the name suggests was to encourage customer loyalty. Uh, even 30-odd years ago, when Superquin was one of the first in Europe to launch a loyalty program, it was rec- uh, recognised that shoppers were creatures of habit. So when you, they come to your, into your door or into your shop, anything you do to increase your stickiness could be what gives customers a new sense of life. I don't really understand that, to be honest with you. And anything you can do to encourage people to come through your door, more often, like those times, limited, like those time, limited coupons, you will boost your revenue because people coming in for one item always end up buying something else as well. Of course, if everyone is offering a loyalty program, you must offer the same deals as others or as them. But in the past decade or so, loyalty programs have transformed into a valuable way of learning so much about customers. When you sign up to your program, you probably have to hand over some information like your name, your address, date of birth, etc. And that alone helps them to get a picture of their customers' demographics. And then every time you swipe or scan your card, you'll learn about some of the habits where you do your shopping, whether you do it at a weekly big shop or do some small uh, you know, little bits and pieces from the local store. You, you don't go in there for the family uh, you know, big buy. You just go in there every day, milk, bread, etc., etc., cat food. You know. Anyway, and all of that, as basic it seems, helps to paint a picture of what kind of customer you are and what kind of offers uh, you might uh, want to come back for. Yes, there is a. Uh, this is really the mother root of retailers. If you imagine being someone's uh, looking at someone's uh, weekly receipt, it probably won't take long for you to build up a pretty good profile of them. You could obviously see quite quickly if they have any brands that they always use. 
but you always know quite quickly if there was a baby in their house, for example, because they would, you know, buying nappies, etc., etc., etc. You know quickly if they are vegetarian or vegan, and you'll see that if they buy flour regularly, or they probably like to bake, or maybe you can see that they are eat healthily during the week, but then on a Saturday they come in and buy a pizza. Or a tub of ice cream and a few beers. And because they know uh, your name, date of birth, your your gender, they can then use that to build a profile of people similar to you. All of this helps them target offers at a uh, you know, future date. And they're really good. And if they're really good, they might even be able to preempting your thinking, which means you get notification on your app on a Saturday morning giving X amount of percentage of a large tub of ice cream, but only if you buy it today. Uh, if you're dealing with tens of thousands of customers and millions of transactions and products each year, it's going to be hard to actually make sense of all that and find some signal in the noise. But there's a big prize on offer for those that get it right. There, there was an estimated 12.4 billion euros. That's big money. In grocery sales in Ireland alone last year, coffee sales are thought to be worth somewhere in the region of 1 billion euros each year. So it's worth for retailers to put resources into analysing the data. And there have been some fairly chilling examples of, of it being uh, put to a very effective use. Perhaps the biggest U.S. retailer target, which last year tasked its analysts with figuring out which of its customers were expecting a baby. Isn't that amazing? The theory was that the arrival of a child was one or two uh, yeah, you know, extra spends on which people's habits were upended and that there was a chance of getting them to, you know, having to spend more money at your shop. But if Target waited until they started buying up, to lure them, it was too late. So instead, they ran a uh, data and eventually hit upon a formula that calculated a pregnancy prediction score based on around a handful of products. They figured that if someone suddenly started buying certain items like unscented moisturizers, certain supplements, big bags of cotton wool, then it was likely they were pregnant. What an assumption. And more than likely, they were, they were uh, you know, second, ti- second timers. And Target, in fact, Target reckoned that they could predict the date itself to a fairly degree of accurate when the child would be born. Amazing. And from there, you could uh, then start certain offers and coupons that, to that customer in the hope that um, you could come to Cart, if you came to Cart to buy what you needed, they would keep it for you. And they would you know, purchase stuff just for you. And the story goes that even got a, they even got a call from an irate father. He wanted to know why his teenage daughter was being sent coupons for nappies and cribs, only for it to turn out that the shop had spotted his daughter was pregnant before the family knew. That's interesting. Isn't it? Just creepy. Very, uh, very, and Target quickly found out that surprisingly, people don't, um, don't like to find out that their reproductive systems were being closely monitored by a shop. So what they uh, started to do was effectively hide the promotions in plain sight. Customer would get a book of coupons with offers on regular products with some extra baby products scattered in there. That way they would probably think the special offer is just fortunate timing rather than the result of corporate surveillance. Yes. And as creepy as that is, that's just what the retailers do with your data. Because depending on the, the terms and conditions of you agreed, you agreed to when signing up, there is a potential for that data to be made available to third parties. Aside from that, there is the ever-present risk of, da- of a data breach. 
There have been countless loyalty programs targeted by hackers in recent years, including Tesco's, Boots, hotel programs, um, and Marianne Bove and an, an airline loyalty programs, One World and Star Alliance. It's just, isn't it amazing? Just absolutely amazing that they get all this information about you. You know, unbelievable. You know, your spending habits, your lifestyle, basically, your income, your sort of where you fit in the class system. Even if you want to, it's just getting harder. Of course, there's nothing to stop uh, stop us from simply refusing to sign up to your loyalty card. But maybe having the, to have that awkward interaction at the till every time they ask if you have a card. But there is a growing trend of retailers hiding special offers and discounts behind their loyalty card system. And that means that people who may maybe don't have easy access to another retail have to make a choice between saving money and their privacy. That's a particularly difficult choice to make for many in the current climate, but forcing people to make that call doesn't mean doesn't seem to have done anything to hinder the market share of the retailers in question. Oh, it's just a sign of the times, basically, isn't it? But another major shift that is potentially coming down the track is the arrival of the checkout free shops. Mm. For those, cameras and sensors detect the items you pick up automatically, charge you once you leave. That's made possible by the fact that you can scan an app when you come into the door, linking you back to the loyalty system. Amazon has been pioneering the concept of its fresh stores, which are in the US, with a growing number of uh, in the UK and uh, mainland Europe. So isn't it just absolutely amazing what, you know, just what goes on, but you don't actually think about it, to be honest with you. You know, it's just something you, get, you automatically do. I don't have a loyalty card. You know, I'm sort of basically a dinosaur. I just keep, it's not a matter of privacy. I just, just uh, can't be bothered really. You know, you save a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there. Uh, you know, uh, and it is, it is very minimal because I'm not a big uh, consumer, shall we say. It's interesting. And also interesting about that surveillance, uh, you know, part of the, the survey or part of, the, you know, the the apparatus of being a club member, you know, because I remember reading somewhere like you know, surveillance, surveillance cameras in uh, the world. We're in Moscow. Apparently you can't walk down any street anywhere in Moscow without being under surveillance. There's cameras right, left and centre, you know, they're really discreetly placed, et cetera, et cetera. But they sort of know where everyone's movements, which is kind of frightening in a way. You know, just to sort of for that to be happening to you. Anyway, I'm going to be uh, cutting it short now because, like I said, of having issues with, you know, getting a, you know, a new provider. We've got a new provider, but sort of getting connected is proving to be problematic to say the least. And I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to a lot of this stuff. I just thought it was like A equals B. You know, you just flicked on, phoned them up, and they did the business for you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, do this, follow this, follow that. You know, they give you instructions over the phone. But it's not as simple as that, unfortunately, you know, which surprises me, you know, because this is, you know, the age of information. Things are supposed to be simpler. And that's not always, it definitely is not always the case. But anyway, so I'll be playing some music instead, okay? So I'll see you next week and hopefully my, I'll be connected to this new sort of uh, provider. See you later. Bye and take care, okay? And enjoy the weekend. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show 
and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.